um, you're number 99. So, thank you for letting me interview you, Pocket. I'm really excited about the things you're going to tell me. So, why did you want to do this interview? What made you say yes? Because you had a way of asking people that's kind of not resistible. Oh, thank <laughs> so, you. So, I had to say yes. Okay. So, I've told you about the project and why I've been doing these interviews, similar to what you did with your project. Um, so, my first question is, how would you define a maverick? I think a maverick is someone who sees the world in a different way and who is not afraid to pursue that vision that he or she sees. Okay. In which case, following on, why do you think you're a maverick? Because I am quite ambitious. Okay. Sometimes, um, yeah, so all of a sudden I will have big dreams about the future and I see, you know, a direction where what I'm doing is going. Okay. And I also think that what I'm doing is really impacting a lot of people in the world and has great potential. And I, I think, like, so far except for my business partner, the two of us are like full-time employees for this, but everyone else who is building SoGal is a volunteer. Okay. And it's, it's crazy how much we are able to do with so like little human resource. Okay. And, um, yeah, I think that must be because our crazy vision attracted them and have kept them. Okay. The London School of Economics actually developed a maverickism scale. I'm going to give you seven statements and you just need to say true, false, can't decide. Okay. First one. People tell me that I'm a maverick or words to that effect. Yes. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. Yes. I have a way of solving problems which is different from other people. Yes. I'm much more productive than other people. Yes. I have very unusual talents. Yes. I'm generally underestimated by people. I, I used to be, but now, no. Okay. I do things differently and better than most people when I work. Yes. So why do you do things differently, Pocket? Why do I do things differently? Because I think that's the only way to get things done, especially in the world of entrepreneurship. It's, it's, you have to be different, right? Your market offering has to be different. Your brand value proposition has to be different. And how you approach things should be different. Um, and if you do things the same way that other people do, you can't expect to get better results out of it. Okay. Can you give me an example of what you do differently and how? Well, I think doing things differently is, um, let me think. So I think doing things differently, uh, for example, I am in the business of venture capital and normally venture capital is mostly done by middle-aged or older white males. Okay. Um, so being being in this industry is quite different um, for 
a Chinese woman who was in her early 20s, okay. especially when I was not going to join a venture capital firm as an entry-level analyst, but to start my own venture capital firm. That's very different. Um, and how we approach our venture capital firm um, is, first of all, we're on a cross-border business. We want to bring um, U.S. companies to Asia. We want to bring Asian companies to the U.S., and also, we have a very great niche in women-led businesses, and that's because of the global community that we already built. Right. So, so on these two aspects, we are very differentiated um, from most venture capital firms on the on the market. Who is most like most of them are geographically focused, okay. uh, and most of them like entrepreneurs who are like Mark Zuckerberg. So, <laughs> right. and, if, and also, if you take the example, sorry to interrupt, about what you said about you, there's only two founders and the rest is all volunteers. That's even a different way, isn't it? <laughs> yes. So we started as a global community and we've pretty much exploded since we started. And we started our first um, conference for female entrepreneurs four months after we were founded in Los Angeles. So it was it was very it was a very fast progress that we were making, um, and of course many people were saying that no that's no there's no way you can do it you had no experience whatsoever with doing conferences, um, but I think the key is to take massive actions and when you take massive actions your imperfection gets covered like you are you're good because you know the the number of trials that you have is yeah. so so large that. You know, you only need to get, you know, one-tenth of, you know, what you actually plan for. So Okay. Thank you. Is what you do equated to the bottom line or something else? Mm, no. I think what I'm doing is actually worth hmm, $90,000 billion because... Uh, that's that's how much value we can activate if we are able to tap in the undiscovered talent and potential of women, and I think that's that's actually what I'm doing. Not simply you know helping women entrepreneurs, but also give women in the world a ray of hope, uh, showing that you know the world and your life. Um, has many, many different dimensions and you don't have to be trapped in one place. And with the growth of Soga, I really hope to touch the lives of more, more women. And I know there are 62 million women in the world who are not able to get education, yeah. um, who, you know, are living in a very unprivileged condition. And yeah, so I hope that with our work, we can influence more and more women in the world and really contribute to the global economy. Okay. Is any part of a being a maverick to do with autonomy over your own life? Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, being an entrepreneur gives me a very flexible schedule. I am based in Singapore now since January. Okay. Um, I used to live in the U.S. Um, for about six and a half years. But now I, I travel maybe 50% 50, 50 of the time. Okay. Um, so pretty much every every two weeks, I am gone. 
um, to somewhere else. Sometimes it's the U.S., sometimes it's other places in Southeast Asia, sometimes it's China. Next month I'm going to Japan. So life becomes very, very exciting when you have full control over what you're doing. And the best thing is that I can combine work with um, travel. So when I go to a new place, I usually will you know, uh, host a new event, um, for Sogao. Um, so it's, it's really great to not only learn about the culture of the food and, you know, all the good stuff, but yeah. also to understand the entrepreneurial culture and understand the women's role in that society. Wonderful. Does doing things differently require certain skills, talents, or a mindset? And if so, what are they? Yeah. So, in October, I'm doing a TED Talk, and the topic is around valuing your deviation from the norm as your biggest asset. And wow. I think that's very, very important. Uh, get that's, that's the mindset you need to get, because most of the time, women tend to underestimate ourselves. We think that we're not good enough, or when we're doing you know, just the same, just as good as men, we have a lower like self-evaluation. Right. Um, and I think that's really that could really hurt us in the in the entrepreneurial world. Um, for example, now as investors, I know that investors love big visions and you know big picture and how huge the business is going to be, how much returns they can put in the bank ten years down the road. Um, but if women are not you know um, not going to explain their business in a way where it's so intriguing and appealing to investors and they're going to miss out on a lot of funding opportunities yes. and that's causing a lot of you know the the um the bad numbers that we're seeing um that we're trying to improve so um i think that's one and the second thing is you have to know your self-worth and it's a long process it doesn't happen overnight but i think every girl or you know women when they um, when they grow up they need to collect all these validation points along the way knowing that you know i am very capable i'm just as capable as anyone else in the world instead of thinking oh you know i i've only got this far so i'm not as good as other people um we need to start realize our potential and our um capability in a way um that you can utilize all of this and with that confidence you can go into bigger businesses and you know achieve greater visions but if you your your self estimation is so low then it's it's going to be really tough um, because it will show in conversations and Excellent. people won't yeah. trust you yeah. yeah what are the challenges to being a maverick challenges well, growing up in China, that's a very, um, it's, it's very challenging because the norm in China is that you listen to your parents and whatever they say, you, you know, go at it. Yeah. So, it's the um, same in Indian culture. <laughs> so even, um, so everyone thinks that, oh, Pocket, you're doing great right now, but my parents are still very worried about me, actually. Mm -hmm. So they think that I'm not, you know, uh, in a stable line of business, I'm not, earning a stable income mm -hmm. and um, they think that you know I'm settled I'm not settled down to one place and I'm traveling so much so they are worried about me and it's it's um, it's, it's interesting <laughs> because their expectation for what what is you know success what is 
um, happiness in life, like our definition versus theirs, yeah. very different, very yes. different. Very so, so, yeah, the social expectation part is very um, interesting. And, you know, there are other people, like someone in my family who is very, very successful. He thinks that, you know, women's role is still within, you know, the family. And he thinks that, you know, um, yeah, now you're very ambitious, but after you're 30, you're going to realize that family is your number one priority and everyone else, everything else is just, you know, not as important. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there are voices like this who are trying to kind of like drag you back to the ground. But I mean, I think being an entrepreneur is, is, you know, you're kind of just halfway in the air because you have to be kind of afloat to reach that, you know, um, sky, but also you have to be grounded as well. Okay. What's been the lowest point of your journey as a mother? Oh, lowest point. Hmm, The lowest point was actually before I started my journey. Mm -hmm. And that's how I stumbled upon this journey. It was not planned. It was not expected. expected. Um, So before I, I... My realization about entrepreneurship started when I went to grad school to pursue a master's degree in entrepreneurship and innovation. But before that, I was I was happily working in a corporate, um, and I never thought about leaving because I had a pretty you know happy and stable life as my parents expected. (laughs) But one day I um, I was pulled aside by my boss, um, and he told me that hey, you did not pass the lottery to get a work visa in the U.S. That means you cannot work at our company before, and you cannot work at any company in the U.S. before uh, anymore. Right. Yeah. So that was very devastating. I was um, I was very disappointed at the system because I tried very, very, very hard as an international student to get a marketing job that's not involved with you know um, analytics or you know quantitative stuff, yeah. all the STEM stuff. So. Um, so yeah, that was a very low point of my life because I felt like all my efforts went to waste and there was nothing I could do really. Um, my application wasn't even reviewed. It was just returned. So I remember crying like when I was, you know, walking or jogging along the Lake Michigan and I was like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Should I go back to China or should I, you know, stay in the U S and go to grad school? Um, and I ended up quitting my job and applying for grad school at the end of May. So I wasn't left with a lot of options. But um, among the offers, USC offered a great scholarship. So I was like, okay, I guess that's it. So, so I went to USC to study this entrepreneurship topic that I never thought I would have anything to do with. Yeah. Um, and that was totally a turning point of my of my of my life so I quickly abandoned the plan to you know become a corporate worker again I was like no never going to going yeah. back there it's really funny because you did entrepreneurship and innovation and your life changed and I did innovation creativity and leadership and my life completely changed and I'm doing <laughs> this so it was um yeah those masters have a lot to answer for in us women yeah. Um, what what aspects of your personality or character influence your maverick approach? I am very curious. I love to explore new things. 
when I, before I was 18, I grew up in China um, and I wasn't able to make a lot of decisions because most of the time you just went with the flow, went yeah. with the flow and do what everyone else do. Um, but then I came to the U.S. and all of a sudden, you know, there are so many different things that I could do. There are so many choices that I could make with how to use my time and, you know, um, who to hang out with, right? And um, I got used to it. And in college, I was going to a lot of different clubs, organizations, and trying different things, taking different classes that were not required um, to take. So I think that part of, you know, exploring really opened up my eyes to different things. And I had very low points in college, too. I was very not used to the teamwork culture. I was not used to critical thinking. I was not used to writing in English. I was not used to presenting my idea in front of, you know, the classroom. Because okay. that was not something that I did before, um, before college. So I had no training whatsoever in those things. So, but I, I learned that you know, practice makes perfect. And after doing a whole semester of presentations, you know, pretty much every yeah. week, I was a lot more comfortable with it. Um, I was not, you know, so intimidated by it anymore. So I think that kind of planted the seed. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Do you think, are you born or bred a maverick? Um, hard to say. I would say that when I was a young girl, I always hang out with boys, not girls, because I thought girls were all, you know, playing the very girly things, and I did not like that. So I was a very boyish girl when I grew up, um, and because of the one-child policy, I feel like my dad kind of raised me as a boy. Okay. <laughs> so I think that was that was helpful. So I was not, you know, a very, um, uh, how do I describe it. I was not a very girly person. Okay. I was always yeah, kind okay. of wild. Yeah. That takes me to the next question. That do you think your childhood in any way impacted on your being a maverick today? Definitely. I believe that childhood plays a big role in, you know, the, the adult version of yourself. Um so when I was a child I think I I was given the freedom to to, you know, um, get close to the nature and also explore different interests that I had. Okay. Uh, even though I studied the piano just like everyone else did um, <laughs> in China. Yeah. <laughs> but I was able to, like, I learned to sing. I learned to draw before elementary school. Um, I was, you know, like doing uh, hip-hop dancing in high school, even though it was pretty much prohibited. Okay. <laughs> so a rebel already. Yeah, and I, I read a lot. I think that really helped, too. Um, I started reading when I was really young. Like before primary school, I started reading newspapers or what, okay. something. Okay. So I think reading really helped me to understand the world and to also express myself with writing. Um, and it helped my creativity, too. Okay, thank you. How is your enthusiasm and drive and energy related to being a maverick? Oh, I think it's super important because if you're just a, you know, a maverick, but you have no energy whatsoever to execute on anything that you have in your head, yeah. then, you know, it's kind of a, a pity, right? So um, I think I have, I have a lot of energy. People always say that about me. I travel so much, but I'm not affected by any, you know, time difference, jet lag, or yeah. 
um, late sleep. Um, and like last last month, we were doing the Soya Summit, and we slept for like one hour before going to the going to the venue. Wow. Uh, but <laughs> we still did a great job. So I think it's the 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 passion and the belief in what you do makes you wake up every morning and feel energetic. Exactly, exactly. And I like what you said about execution. You'll love this. I've got a little post-it note, (laughs) and it says, everything I do, it's got, how am I perfectly going to execute this? (laughs) Because that's what it's about, isn't it? Anybody can have a great idea. It's executing that's the challenge. Yeah. How do you see rules? How do I see rules? Rules. Um, I used to follow them. I used to follow them a lot, especially when I first came to the U.S. I thought that, you know, I was such a fob, like fresh off the boat, and I was trying very hard to fit in. I wanted to avoid making mistakes because I feel like everyone was already thinking that I am an, you know, outsider. I was not the, the culture just yet, even though I was, you know, trying to adapt so the first four years when um, I was in the U.S., I feel like I was mostly a rule follower. I never really fought for anything. I never thought that, you know, things could be changed when you negotiate. Um, I did not learn those things. Mm. Um, and then actually my boyfriend helped me to build a mindset to, you know, um, negotiate everything in life yeah. and hack into the system. So you have to gather all the information that's out there and decide what option is best for you. So I did not have that before. And I never, you know, called the the telephone company or the electricity company and and asked them, hey, why do you overcharge me this month? Right, gotcha. I never even did that. Um, This sounds so, you know, irrelevant, but actually it is so relevant. You actually gain a lot of competence um, and confidence, too. When you get small wins, you know, on, on these phone calls. Very much so. so. Yeah. Well, so it's I challenging think, the system, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it's it challenging is. the system. That's what it is. And it's not accepting what's written on the paper. Yes. <laughs> have, you always, have you always taken a maverick approach to business or was there a particular trigger where you said, no, it's not going to be like that no more? Yeah, so I started Soga to help female entrepreneurs get empowered and get connected. But very soon I realized that, you know, funding is a bigger problem for them. Uh, It's easy to meet other entrepreneurs and, you know, get to know them. But it's more difficult to to get that money from from the the 94% like male investors. So it's hard wall that we have to climb over and when I did my research I learned that you know only three percent of venture capital funding went to women CEOs and over 77 percent of venture capital firms never hired a woman to make investment decisions wow oh okay that's what I'm gonna work on next okay okay so that was the trigger Mm -hmm. okay are you always a maverick or do you choose to be sometimes now and why I think, so before the, the entrepreneurship program, I never thought I would become a, an entrepreneur at okay. such an age. So I think the program and the environment I was in kind of activated me um, earlier than I thought. Okay. So 
being surrounded by very inspirational people and hearing their stories of, you know, being mavericks is very eye-opening. And it's very inspirational for me to to know that, hey, you have the potential too. You can do something similar too. They started from nothing. That means you yeah. have So your... now, if, if you're in a situation, um, do you think, oh, in this situation, I can be a 10 out of 10 maverick? And in this situation, oh, they're only going to handle about 4 out of 10 here. Do you do that? Do you make those judgments? I think being a maverick is... It affects every part of your life because the overall idea is I refuse to be ordinary and I refuse to take the route that most people take. For so sure. that affects everything. Even when you're, you know, waiting for a security check or yes. <laughs> waiting in line for something, you try to find a better way to do it okay. and try to affect change to help other people too. So you refuse to, to, to accept the inefficiency that exists in the system and you always try to do something different. Okay. Um, yeah. What are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business then? I think being a maverick is, 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 is powerful you are almost like a role model to other people showing that hey there are more possibilities okay. hey things could be do can be done in you know some other ways yeah and you have to listen to your parents the whole time and you don't have to do what the society expects out of you and you can be a little crazy and you can be a little different because everyone is made differently yeah and you know now we try to buy things that represents us that expresses us but in our work and life, we also need that inner differentiation too. Okay, so that's the advantages. What are the disadvantages of being a maverick in business, in your business? Um, it could be hard for people around you because, like, right now I, I work a lot and work is life, life is work, and every day when I wake up, I check my emails and I start yeah. working and it's a crazy kind of schedule. Yes. So that affects people around me. Like okay. my boyfriend, I, I never have, you know, regular time to hang out with him anymore. So. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, I know you're, I know you're, you know, in your early twenties, but has agent experience altered your maverick approach so far? And if so, how have you grown? I think the way I grow is through people. Okay. Um, so with what I do, I meet with people on a daily basis. And a lot of the time it's with entrepreneurs who always have an edge, right? That's yeah. how they become entrepreneurs. So I learned a lot from, from meeting different people, like kind of um, re receiving their characteristics mm -hmm. and also understanding the, the logics and the stories behind their businesses. It's, is very, I think it's very effective in broadening my horizons. Okay. Because I think entrepreneurs are a very special kind of people. They they are crazy, you know, in their own way. Yes, yeah, so, I know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so being with these people all day, every day, yeah. you are growing at you know such a higher rate versus someone who is sitting in an office saying day, day out. Very much so. Very much so. What aspects of your business are you most maverick in? So with SoGal, what, what's the most maverick thing you do? Um, 
or is it just the concept itself? Well, I think the idea that we can affect so many people mm -hmm. is crazy to think about. And every time I go to, you know, deliver a keynote speech or every time I, I host an event myself, I can see the change in people's eyes and they will come to me and tell me, wow, I was just, you know, so touched by what you just said and it made me realize that you know, no matter how old I am, even though I might be a mom of five kids, I can yeah. still pursue something different and okay. jump out of my current situation. And I think that's that's very mind-boggling if you yeah. think about it. Like yeah. Because, just, you know, a talk can change people's minds so much. And it's, it's amazing. And I really enjoy doing that. Okay. What aspects of your business are you least maverick in? What does SoGal do like everybody else? <laughs> um, let me think. Least Social media. Okay, okay. And how do you balance being a maverick with home life? You've touched on it about the challenges with relationships. But how do you balance? Is there a way you balance um, being a maverick with your home life? So yesterday we had this luncheon with maybe 10 other successful women and we talked about work-life balance okay and we agreed that there's no balance it's just <laughs> you know at different time of the day yeah. Yeah. you're doing different tasks okay and it's it's not um because it's hard to set hard you know uh lines between your work time and your home time and your self time because it's better. all the same time isn't it Yes, yes. So I think having an, an understanding partner is very, very important. Yeah. If, uh, between us, I think it's uh, having a partner that understands that um, it's okay for you to love what you do as much as you love them. <laughs> and that's, that, I think that's what I, I would say I find. Um, right. Is any part of being a maverick related to the legacy you want to leave behind, if there is a oh. legacy? Definitely, definitely. I think, I, and I encourage people that I met um, to think about, you know, do you want to leave a tent when you die, right? Mm -hmm. And what is that legacy that you want to leave? And that's very, very important to explore early on because, you know, um, when you're too far out of the, the, the path yeah. that you might want to take, you, you have to, you know, pivot back to... <laughs> to your actually, you know, um, yeah. your actual dream life, right? Exactly. So, yeah, so for me, I think I really care about diversity and I really care about, you know, um, gender diversity is only part of diversity, but that's, yes. you know, the diversity. most obvious one that I could work on. My dad told me that, you know, that's that's just silly because even bef even when you die, there's no way that the world will be you know completely you know gender like there will be no like real gender equality. And but you have made a difference. When he said that, I was really discouraged, right? And I was like, oh yeah. But then but then I thought about it, um, and I realized that's exactly what I wanted to do this because I want to be you know a stepping stone for the the final success. I yeah. want to be part of the you know the the revolution or the fight 
happening in, in history. And yeah, and if, you know, what I do can push that mission a little bit forward, mm -hmm. I think, you know, I am very happy about that. Okay. How much, if anything, of being a maverick is related to paying it forward? Um, I think that's, you know, 100% what we're doing, paying it forward, giving other people confidence and even permission to 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 be different, to pursue what they really love. Um, and sometimes people just don't realize that they could they could do it and they can't be what they can't see. So what we want to do is to put these, you know, examples. Yeah, um, and help them to see it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, because that's how I got started. Okay. Before I heard the stories of crazy entrepreneurs, I never thought that I could do the same thing. Okay. Pocket Mavericks tend to be risk takers. What's the biggest risk you've taken in business to date? Um, making a scary decision to start my own venture capital fund. Okay. Okay. And how long has SoGal been going now? Um, we are expanding. Um, now we have about 10 chapters uh, all over the place. Okay. How many uh, years have you been running? Less than two years. Okay. Okay. And that when you did that straight out of university, yes? Uh, when I was at grad school. Okay. Okay. What would you consider are the characteristics of a successful venture? So when SoGal is successful, in your mind... What would it look like? What are the characteristics? I think, first of all, it has to have really big impact. Okay. Um, second of all, it fulfills a purpose. Mm -hmm. It's not just about making money. It's about, you know, leaving a legacy and paying it forward. Um, and I also want it to be like an inspiration and almost like a, a role model for, for more people to, okay. to thrive. Um, and I want to be proud of it and I want to be able to help people around me okay. through the venture. And what leads to successful execution of a venture? Just being relentless. Being relentless. Okay. What do you that what do you bring to the table that makes SoGal successful? Leading by example. In the beginning of starting SoGal, I really didn't know where I was going with this. Okay. I just thought, you know, there were so few women at every single startup event that I went to, and I wanted to change that. And I thought it was something fun to do, you know, gathering young women and letting them know there are, you know, other parts of the world that you haven't seen. Let me show you what entrepreneurship is. So that was that was very that was very simple. I just wanted to do that, and um, and when it grew, we attracted more and more people. And a lot of them, when they joined us as volunteers, they were very confused about you know what they could do with their major um, or after they graduate. But very soon, when they see me grow. Um, out of pretty much nothing, mm -hmm. um, they were very encouraged and they realized that, oh, it's not impossible. Right. I could do this. So in a, just in a few months, they were 
you know, starting their own projects, starting their own organizations, helping others to realize their dreams and just like, and, and, you know, doing very impactful stuff. And they started to, you know, um, understand themselves a little more, understanding their own um, strengths um, and what they could do with that strength. Okay. So, yeah, for me, that was very, very rewarding to see. Yeah. As a maverick, what are you afraid of? What am I afraid of? That I die too early. <laughs> okay. No, don't die just yet. You've got loads to do. <laughs> and and does being a maverick affect your approach to leadership? Like you're leading so gal, so is being the way you are and who you are, does that impact on the way you lead? I think so. Um because when people see me they 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 don't just see a petite, you know, um Asian woman, they also see how quickly I have grown and how quickly SoGal has grown. And they, they see me so much on like major media and all these things. Um, and I think it's, it's important to spread our mission and to spread the positive message to as many women as possible. So it is, I mean, SoGal is, I always believe that a person should stand behind our business, right? Like you should represent your business because the business is ultimately you. It's a part of you. It's an expression of you. So it is about me, but it's also not about me. When I do interviews, it's not about showing, oh, I'm really cool. I'm really, you know, um, forward thinking. It's more about showing the different possibilities and showing the spirit to to more people and I think if you know one person gets inspired and his or her life becomes different from that point then you know I would build a lot more karma in my life and as you said pay it forward okay a lot of these questions I'm asking you they've come from the other mavericks I've interviewed and you talked about permission earlier on um, my next question is, how and where did you get your permission to be a maverick? Hmm. I think I was self-permitted. Okay, you, get, then, okay, you gave yourself permission. And then I was, well, I guess my, my dad kind of planted the seed. Because when I was a junior student in college, I was very um, upset when I could not find a job. Um and I was very frustrated. And my dad was telling me that, you know, um, if you want to, if you want to become, if you want to be satisfied with your life, you have two ways to go. One is to become an entrepreneur and create your own life. The second thing is you can dramatically decrease your, you know, desire for, okay. you know, for yeah. stuff. Okay. Um, so yeah. And when I was, you know, very, um, discouraged he told me that in the future you're going to create jobs for others so don't worry about getting a job now oh wow what a lovely thing to say i know and and i was asking him about it uh, a few days ago i was like do you remember saying this you know very inspirational thing to me yeah. he was like ah, i said that I don't remember. <laughs> Man. so maybe he didn't even understand yeah. what he meant but okay. i think it planted the seed 
I think you'll like this next question considering the masters you did. But how are creativity and innovation related to being a maverick? Um so I have been playing the piano for many years. Um and I think what I learned from music is I think playing the piano is something that, you know, when you put in a lot of work, it shows. So if you spend, you know, hours and hours in a practice room working on a piece, you're definitely going to improve. Okay. And I think that's the same principle of taking massive actions to get to where you want to be. So in that sense, I think, you know, the, the creative, um, the creative part of me was, was, um, sparkled by, um, studying um, music and and the piano um, but also I think creativity is is very important like right now um, design is is what we believe is, a, is is the future we believe that you know things have to look elegant and pretty yes. and you know um, pleasing uh, or pleasant to to be a winner in the market yes. so I think you know if if you are an engineer and you don't have that creativity in you, you have to find someone to help you like fill in that part. Okay. Um, yeah. And I feel like being a maverick, you have to, if you're crazy, you gotta be creative, I think. Okay. Okay. Mavericks tend to be learners. What are you a student of? Um, what am I a student of? life, society, and myself. I think entrepreneurship is the ultimate self-discovery journey. I think I learned so much about myself along the way, and I, yeah. and I always discover new things about, about what I can do, what my limits are, and what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. Okay. And it's also a lens through which I observe what's going on in the world. Okay. Do you draw another mavericks in any way? Yes. Yes. Um, as I said, I, I met a lot of entrepreneurs um, and I continue to meet them all the time. And being a venture capitalist, meaning that you are dealing with some of the smartest people in the world who are changing the world for the better. Mm -hmm. So I think I constantly get inspirations from them and okay. it's like, it kicks my butt, tells me that, you know, you have to keep going because, yeah. you know, all these people, they might need your support and, you know, you have to, you, you can't, um, what is it? Um, you need to catch up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is there anyone who's a maverick that inspires you? What's the first name? Is there a name that jumps into your head when I say that? Well, I think when I grew up, my uncle was the entrepreneur role model for me. Okay. Uh, he, he is a very visionary person and he is very, very diligent. And, um, like he wakes up at the same hour every single day okay. and whatever he sets his mind to do, he does it. What's he his gets name? What's his name? Uh, Sun Shun. Okay. You'll have to type that up for me. <laughs> okay. But he's in the traditional like maritime shipping business. Okay. Um, but he is he's innovative. Um, he created like 
he invented this new equipment to make you know um, the uh, like carrying the the mining uh, materials from one place to another much more efficient. Okay. Okay. Um, now that. Indonesia has a very unstable policy about uh, exporting um, alumina. He started doing a huge mining project in Africa. Okay. He's not afraid of new challenges, and he always has new visions for his business, and I think that's that's really, um, really badass. Okay, nice. What do you have to suffer and sacrifice because you're a maverick? I don't think I'm sacrificing everything. I'm very happy. Okay. You've talked a little bit along the way about what motivates you. So my question is actually, what motivates you as a maverick? What makes you get up at, you know, or have one hour sleep before you hit the stage? What is it that makes you do that? You know, it's not the check. It's not the diamonds. It's not that. What is it? It's, it's the impact. It's the... Is the idea that you can change people's mindsets through what you do, um, and it's just helping people makes me happy. Okay. Um, and I was trying to find, you know, a rationale behind it. And recently, I hosted this global women um, business like competition, and one of the top sixteen teams they do horoscope and astrology. Right. So they did like an in-depth analysis of me and they told me that, you know, I was born to do businesses that are related to women and are, you know, somewhat like very beneficial to the world. It's not just about money making. So I was like, oh, so I'm exactly doing what I'm supposed to do. Right. Yeah, that was very reassuring, even though I was going to, you know, go on no matter what. But it's... um. It's a, it's good to feel that the stars are aligned. <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure. Do you like being a maverick? Um, I do. I think I have a lot more freedom now because I I'm more clear on who I am, where I want to go. Okay. Is being a maverick important or a responsibility in any way? Um. Yes. So in China, we say that if you are more capable, then you have more responsibilities. Okay. Okay. So I think if you have extraordinary capabilities, you have to use it to do good in in the world. And it's it's dangerous if you know super smart people um, do crazy things like in a you know, not so positive way. Yeah. But in their mind, it might be positive. Yeah. You never know. So that's, yeah, I think that's the interesting dynamic. Okay. Yeah. On a scale of one to ten, how maverick are you? Seven. Succinct seven. No hesitation whatsoever. Excellent. What, what advice would you give to someone, Pocket, who feels they're a maverick okay, so that they can be the best possible maverick they could possibly be? Or Being a maverick is a gift. And it helps you to navigate through your life. And knowing that you're a maverick gives you, gives you the confidence 
Because when you realize that, hey, I was born this way, then you're you, you got to be okay with that and use that, you know, as a good force to to tackle whatever problems you want to solve for the world or for yourself. Okay. So, yeah, I think the knowing yourself part is very critical. Okay. What's your biggest challenge right now? Biggest challenge? Mm-hmm. Um. Biggest challenge. Well, there are things that I want to do, but I don't see them as challenges. I see them as just the next thing that I have to okay. get done. Okay. So what's the next thing you have to get done? Um, fundraising for okay. our first fund. Yeah. Okay. If you could have a superhero power, what would it be? Um, if I can have a superhero power... Oh, I want to be able to just look good all the time without. <laughs> okay. Okay. You have to spend, you know, like the time you spend on looking good is is too much. Okay. Okay. Think, you Love know, it. Love it. It can be more effortless. Um, what do you do for fun? Apart from trying, you know, spending time looking good. <laughs> I, I love to travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love trying new food. I love music, um, and I enjoy like thrillers um, and watching shows with my boyfriend. Okay. okay. Yeah. Do you have a quote that defined you as a maverick? Like sometimes I ask people this question, and they know straight off. Yes, it's on my wall in front of me. Do you have a quote that you kind of live your life by that defines? You, your maverickism. Uh, I have a lot of quotes. Okay. Um. Yeah, uh, there is one. So I always tell people that if other people tell you that something can't be done, it's because they cannot do them. Oh, excellent! Excellent. My final question: What would you like to have been asked that I haven't asked you? Huh. I think you asked great questions. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. This is all the Mavericks helping me along the way. <laughs> and I'm really uh, happy to be number 99, second number. <laughs>